Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the show with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own business. David and I saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting your own service-based company, please do us a favor and send them a link to this show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. What's up, Mitch? What up, Dave? Nothing. You know, we didn't talk about it last week, but your son got his mountain back for his deer. Yep. You can tell he's super proud. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, he, I mean, we've talked about hunting for some reason, like the first... Well, it's hunting season. I mean, he was, he was super stoked. Yeah, he's... And he's not that kind of person. Like, he's kind of video game, kind of keeps to himself, doesn't... He was super proud. So... It's I've, it I've created a monster. For sure. Maybe. Because now he wants to learn how to shoot my bow, and he wants to come out to your place and see if he can shoot a doe before January 15th. Well, first off, we talked about that last week. Like, was it after the show? We talked about a bow? Yeah. Getting a bow? But, I don't know why you don't have him one. Well, why you haven't got him one. He's never expressed interest in hunting until, like, two months ago. So... I'm telling you, those kids... So, I was telling you about John. He has that bow that's mm-hmm. for sale. They make them now mm-hmm. that are... So, that bow's probably... They can grow with them. Well, th- that bow's a grow bow, but they make them now that are twice as good as that for the same money. Yeah. Like, Cabela's Bass Pro, they're adjustable up... Now, some of them are adjustable up to 65 pounds. Yeah. They're they're amazing. And if he wants to come shoot another doe, then fucking bring him out to the house. Yeah. I mean, let him do it. Yeah. So obviously my daughter doesn't listen to this. I bought her a Genesis bow. Yeah. So the NA it's the NASP. Like they go to all these schools and shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a representative. Or she came home, Dad. I got to shoot a bow today. I was like, What do you mean you got to shoot a bow today? I got to shoot a bow. This guy came in and we did this for like two hours. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I went on their website and it came yesterday for her for Christmas. Yeah. Grant could shoot one. They oh, go yeah. up to forty pounds. Like, you can crank them down even yeah. Grant's, and really teach them. Grant's kind of fading out on his, like, I I was uh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to, like, trying to figure out, does he want to go because he wants to go, or does he want to go because his brother went and got a deer, you know? Yeah. And, and so I took him the one day, and it was a horrible day of hunting. Like, we saw nothing. But um, at least he went, right? Well, yeah. I haven't been able to get him back <clears throat> once sense like so, he has shows no interest he's yeah like, i mean we I came out go. to your place scouted that stand got all prepped up and then it was raining the next morning and we just never he, it, it, every opportunity was just squandered and no now go. it's at, now it's outside of doe season or gun season i think you may still have like an alternative methods and then everything else is bow from here on out so well so that bow that i got her you can custom order one in whatever color you want have it shipped five arrows and a bunch of stuff. It's like 250 bucks. It's not like one of the ones you hunt with. Yeah. You could still, I mean, he could still shoot that while you guys are shooting your bows. No, he doesn't have to go kill something with it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. We'll we'll see how all that plays out. Who knows? So may like it, may not. You never know. So we, uh, had our company Christmas party. Yeah, thanks for the invite, yeah, well, asshat. Well, you're not a part of Smedley Plumbing. You think I would at least get a fucking invite? Like, hey, hey, we're gonna go eat. <laughs> like, you have to pay for yourself because you're not part of the company, which would be super dick. But I mean, I would do it. I mean, I got money. <laughs> there was no room on the party bus. I'll say that. There's we packed for, that bitch full. First off, there's always room on the party bus. <laughs> there's laps. There's always room on the party bus. Yeah. Ah, we uh. So you had a good time at we least, We rounded right? the whole company up on a party bus, and then we drove to 801 Chop House downtown. And uh, Delicious. For, for people that aren't around Kansas I've City, that's, that's like one of the best steakhouses yeah, in the city. It, it's really good. And everybody wined and dined on the best steak they've ever had in their lives. Uh, Austin, uh, he, had, he had a 12-ounce steak that was sold by the ounce at 30, $36 an ounce. Did you say 12 ounce? 
Oh, yeah. Or did you say, like, so they sell you a 6, a 8, a 12, a 14, or you just say, I want this many ounces? It's sold by the ounce. It's a four-ounce minimum. So I don't understand. Do they chop up a, like, if, like do they grill a 20 and you get eight? No. Like, however many you pay for They go or? cut off what you want, and then they grill it. Okay, so they have the whole piece there. Yeah. You know what? I mean, that's cool and all, but a dry-aged that's been cut off at a specific weight and then dry-aged is better. Well... I, it, in my personal opinion... I take that back. They the Wagyu beef. Because it was so pricey. They probably have a stash of four, five, six, all the way up through... That's what I would think. Yeah. Like, they sell them in two-ounce increments or something. Who knows? So, we had three people at our table that got 12-ounce A5 Japanese Wagyu steaks. Well, if you're paying, that's what I'd have got. And instead of 12, I'd have been like, bring me an 18, bitch. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you can get, you can get what a, do you got? You can get a porterhouse anywhere. You can get an NY strip anywhere. You can get like a KC strip anywhere. But you can't yeah. really get A5 everywhere, so. No. Or anywhere, really. You think it was better than like a regular ribeye? It's, it's hard to tell because... <laughs> that's a no. Yeah. That, that's a... Well, this is a uh, mid-chancer. I'm about no. to give you a mid-chancer. The reason why is because they're able to cook steaks at like 1,400 degrees. I never would be able to cook that like at my house, so that's why I say I can't. It would have to be like at that same restaurant, cook me in my you know a strip, and then cook me the A5, and then spend more bitches money. Yeah. That's the reason why is because <laughs> like <laughs> well, too is they're doing things like they use a red wine glaze. Yeah, some of the things that you, you just can like, make that at home. I don't have any red wine. You can't buy red wine? I can, but I'm saying it just like it's apples to oranges. Do you want me to buy like, you some red wine? I don't, I don't have... I'll, I'll buy you a $10 bottle I don't wine. have a, a, like a, a commercial-style broiler inside my house, and if I did, it would break, and the maintenance would never be able to fix it. Yeah, that's probably true. Like, I have a sear, like a 36-inch decor stove that's got sear burners on it, and so you sear them, and then you finish in the oven or you cook it in the oven and then you take it outside and put it on the grill mm. you know same thing but yeah i mean that's See, I all, i'm not going to buy wagyu beef i'm not a chef and i don't have that culture of a palate I and so it. i'm like i'll take the nine ounce filet and yeah, you just take that and, eat like, it and you're like i'm good that was the best piece of meat i've ever had in my life but i don't know if i would have been able to tell you the difference between that and the 36 dollar an ounce wagyu this episode is brought to you by Field Pulse, the official field service management software provider of The Void. Field Pulse allows you to organize your customers, your employees, your jobs, and your revenue with ease. Field Pulse is the perfect option no matter if you're a business of one or 100, and their plans start at just $99 a month. Check out the link to Field Pulse in the description of this show. You know, the best steak I ever had, so down on the plaza next to P.F. Chang's, they used to have M&S Grill, mm-hmm. and it was like literally next door to the east, yep. and they had a dry-aged steak that was like, but it wasn't that much. It was like $45. It was yeah. probably the best steak I've ever had. So that was the only steak on the menu that was sold by the ounce. Every yeah, other steak was like Wagyu beef. Yeah, every other steak started at like sixty bucks, and most of them were upper, you know, seventy-five to a hundred. Can you imagine buying like a Wagyu brisket? Like, it, I mean, how much is that? I don't know. Like a like a forty-pound brisket. All I know <laughs> is there were three people at the table that got twelve ounce A five Wagyu. So speaking of people that were at the thing, I saw the post on Facebook. How many uh-huh. people are working for you right now? Uh, so we have... Because I know there were extra people on that bus. Yeah, so we have... And I wasn't one of them. <laughs> so we have five plumbers. He could have gone Including with myself. Yep. Um, we have uh, a lady that answers the phones for us. Okay. Two um, days a week. Three days a week. Three days a week. Um, so and then we had spouses of, of yeah. everybody there, right? Um, and then we have like a fill-in lady. Ironically, it's Danielle's friend, but we have a fill-in lady that answers the phones when... Nobody else can. And so... And she got an invite. Because she because she fills in for us all the time, she gets an invite, too. Gotcha. So... Only been friends for 30 years. Don't get an invite. Got it. The guy that said... <laughs> got it. Never the, clocked understood. in for one minute for the company. <laughs> got it. Understood. <laughs> got it. Yeah. I, I definitely woke up hey, at if, one... If I need to just run one call, I'll do it. <laughs> I can't tell it's my story. No, you can't. Because, <laughs> God damn it, I didn't get invited. Uh, Go, go on, Austin. I, I did wake up at one thirty in the morning with the meat sweats and oh, sat in the restroom. Steak? 
No, I didn't eat just a twelve-ounce steak. Okay, like there was we had had lobster mac and cheese. I had uh, it was the lobster mac and cheese. I guarantee it. That shit's like butter. It lubes up everything inside of you, <laughs> and then just everything's got to come out. <laughs> I had some like broccolini as oysters. Broccoli so, oysters. That was so probably I come too. over to Mitch's a house. Of butter. I come over to Mitch's house, and I'm like, like if that did that to me, like. Is KR, I guess? Like, what? I wonder what happened yeah. to him. One of the guys got a 30-ounce T-bone. Porterhouse. No, he has a porterhouse. 30-ounce. And, por- and a one-pound ba- baked potato, and he ate the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, January yeah. 1, everyone's getting a gym membership. Yeah. Especially that guy. Well, the rest of the story is, like, he called you or almost called you thinking no, he, he was actually going to die? He texted me in the middle of the night, like, I'm hurting. I got the meat sweats. <laughs> so I'm regretting my decision. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was good. So then we all then we all went from there to sounds uh, good uh, Broadway show. We went and saw Pretty Woman the musical, which is kind of funny to put a whole bunch of plumbers in a musical. So their wives loved it. The plumbers were a little awkward, but the wives loved it. So and then we well, I'm, the question I'm trying to ask myself is would I sit through stupid ass Pretty Woman Broadway the musical for a 12-ounce Wagyu steak. <laughs> that, is the co- that is the price that they pay. That's the price that they like, think. okay, let me think. So, am I, am I, should I just go home? So should last I year. eat the food? You know what I mean? Like, what do I do? Last year we did, uh, we went out to a nice restaurant, and then we got everybody show tickets to uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So, yeah, which this year, they came super early, and they're playing the Monday after Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the day after Christmas. Yeah. Um, which that shows awesome, by yeah. the way. Yeah, every time. Like we we were thinking about maybe doing it ago. again, but it's kind of like if you go you two years in a row, year, yeah. it's kind of the same, you know. Yeah. So um, so yeah, we did a musical instead. So the the whole idea of the party is is provide everybody an experience that they probably wouldn't do on their own. And to we'll show, do, we'll go into fucking <laughs> we're going to Pretty Woman as a group of plumbers. They definitely wouldn't do that on their own. And some of them don't even go to their house on their own. <laughs> they just sit in and I'm get in trouble for provide that something for the wives to enjoy as well, because like Danielle puts together the Christmas party, she plans everything, and she wants to show appreciation to the wives for their husbands you know, doing so much for the company. Yeah. Right. So, well, yeah, we talked about that before the show. Yeah. She the gets, wife owns part of your brain. We got it. <laughs> the, Understood. Uh, uh, she gets all the wives. I fucking told you. That's she gets tease, all the wives yeah. gifts and, and all of that stuff. Oh, that's too, second so. show, not this show. That's the next show. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Inception. It is nice that you guys think about the women, but yeah, next year it's going to be at the K one mm-hmm. indoor golf or indoor go-kart racing place that's being built over here in Lee summit. Yeah. Heck we've already, it's supposed to be open by then. We've already decided that's where it's going to be. That's, <laughs> Nothing a, says Merry Christmas, like whiplash you from your teammate. That's a lot <laughs> better than like a regular plumber's party is like, so I know a builder that I know personally, they take, um, the builder takes, uh, he has a guy under him, and then they take all the framers. Um, I know they take the uh, HVAC guys, the electricians, and they used to take the excavation guy before they just changed. But they all just went out and ate and went to the tip bar. Yeah, is what they did. Yeah, like that doesn't. That's not like a wholesome family Christmas, right? You know what I mean? But that's. I mean, normally in construction, that's what they do, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, we've. Uh, I mean, I've been on a few of those, yeah. and it's. I mean, it's. I haven't ever been for a Christmas. It kind of depends on what your company goals are, right? Like, if your company is growth oriented and establishing yeah. a big team, then all of a sudden the booby bar becomes problematic. So, well, first off, it's always problematic. It doesn't matter <laughs> what happens; it's a problem. It's a problem it's every a time. It's a problem every time. Yeah, somebody gets in trouble. Somebody does something they're not supposed to do. Somebody drives when they're not somebody, supposed somebody to. Somebody goes to jail. There's always a problem. Yeah. Every time. See, that's why we do the party bus. Is that way people can drink to their comfort level and not have to worry about driving. Yeah. So. I, yeah. Um, Sounds like a really good time. Yeah. Well. Someday maybe I'll know what it's You would like. think a bunch of plumbers that are attending a musical would be refined, but uh, the proof <laughs> that that is not the case is the bus had a pole in it, and that pole did not survive the drive home. 
So first off, a fat guy that ate a whole bunch of wagyu beef and got drunk on whiskey probably broke that pole, and or your wife. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go with that. Yeah, <laughs> a fat guy that ate way too much steak and got drunk on whiskey broke you? the pole. Was it you? I'm not fat. Doesn't mean you didn't make a pole. <laughs> so I will say I almost screwed up, like bad. So is that, is that kind of like the story of your life? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's the story of my life. <laughs> so I mean, that's like literally my motto. I should be wearing a shirt that says "I almost fucked up real bad." I uh, just wear it around every day. I popped an edible right before I popped a gummy right before the limo got to my house, and that's yeah, that's a mistake. Well, because you're babysitting, basically, it's your company, right? The, the problem is this was a different package than normal. And so I went for the same milligram I always do, but this one hit like a freaking yeah. sledgehammer. And if they're fresh, you're in trouble. And uh, I started, I could tell all this was happening. I started getting a little quiet on the bus and then I'm like, oh crap, I am not feeling well. Like I got way lightheaded and everything. Finally, somebody looked at me and they're like, are you feeling okay? Cause you're awfully pale. And I'm like, I'm about to go out. Like, and this, this bus, it was like really hot. The airflow was horrible. Like just there was somebody else was getting motion sick on the bus. Like, I'm like, I don't know if it's motion sick or if it's this gummy, but something. And like, first off, Mitch I is not baited. one to handle his alcohol and or anything else well. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I like, don't. When he gets, I don't pricked, drink to excess. When, I don't. when there's a lot of blood shown and it's his own, he's been known to pass out. Oh yeah, like just completely go black and lay yeah. on the floor. So I would never make it in the MMA because I guarantee my chin is glass. Like it does not take shit for me to not, pass out. Your chin's not glass, but like if they hit you in the nose and then you saw the blood, you're out. Yeah. Like he, Mitch is out. He's done. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was almost bad. And it, it was like <laughs> did it wear off? I, like, did you get about, something to eat? About halfway through dinner, yeah. I started like feeling like, better. <laughs> the, this is great. The this last is, this is good comedy. The last fifteen <laughs> yes. minutes of the bus ride, I was back to like, okay, okay. I'm not gonna pass out. <laughs> but I'm like, that was way hmm. too much gummy. Well, how he starts the story is like, I, I took a gummy. And it's like, it's like saying, I took a gun into a bank. Like, like, I'm saying like, it's going to go wrong. I don't, it's weird. So I don't like, like, I don't like pot at all. Like smoking pot. But I will once in a while, I'll take a gummy. The problem with the gummies is, or uh, any edibles is, it takes three hours to hit me most of the time. Like you would see my physique and you'd think, okay, he takes it and then boom, it's on him. No, it takes like three hours. And then it's like a super slow, gradual, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I have to plan a 12 hour day if I'm going to, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. For it to hit you like that, it had to have been motion sickness combination. Inconsistency of it. I've had it happen one other time where it made me crazy lightheaded and I was here. It's got to be a combination of stuff. I was here at home, but it made me crazy, crazy lightheaded. And yeah, yeah. So, I don't like it. Yeah, never have. So it's not. It's next not time, for me. Like next time I, we'll leave that out of it. So yeah, like I'll if if I have to do it, I have to wake up, eat breakfast, take it, and then at four o'clock when it hits me, then I'm like, okay, I can have a good time now. And then four hours after that, I'm asleep. So right. what, I mean, what am I doing? Yep. So microdose still pretty cool though. Got to hand out the Christmas bonuses. We gave everybody an extra week's pay for Christmas bonus. Nice. So I gave you a Christmas bonus too. Is it an extra week's pay? It's an extra week's pay. So so nothing. So yeah. on top of nothing. Yeah, yeah. You got nothing on top of. You know nothing. what? I've never, I've never even got a fucking thank you. <laughs> like, hey, Mitch, thanks for being part and helping me out, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate you. Hey, Dave. Thanks for. It's too fucking being, late now. <laughs> thanks for being you. <laughs> it's too fucking late now. He's like the guy. Uh, he's like the guy that like you'll be in a in a gas station for like ten minutes, and then like on the way out the door, someone's like, "Hey, thanks for coming in." Like, yeah, you're I down mean, the road. Like, hey, yeah. you just throw the finger up. Yeah. Like, hey, thanks. You, thanks, asshole. Thanks for forgetting about or me. Like the, or like the boss. Like you've worked for bosses before, where it's like they won't say thank you, and then all of a sudden you're on the way out the door after like a ten hour shift. Hey, thanks for your help today, man. But you're like halfway across the parking That's lot. That's a restaurant thing, and you're yeah. just like. Yeah, okay. That's a restaurant. Yeah. Thing. They're just like, doing it because they feel obligated. Yeah, because they know that your day sucked and you're thinking about going out there fucking slashing their tires. Like, right. I'm gonna They're wait like, oh, they... I should tell this guy thank you before he literally sets my shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate you. 
like set their shit on fire anyway. <laughs> like, if right. you forget, like, I was actually told, like, if you're a management and you forget to tell somebody, literally, if you if you haven't told them in the first, like, hour, don't even do it because it just comes off like you're yeah, a jerk. Yeah, it comes off like you're a dick, and then now they are setting your car on fire. Yeah, like, just wait to the next day and be like, hey, man, <laughs> I didn't get to tell you. Just wait to Circle K and get that gallon of gas, buddy. <laughs> I'll be right back. Right. <sighs> what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about difficult customers, for one. Uh, we encountered a, a, we've, we've spoken on the show in the past about difficult customers, but, um, we had, we had one today that caught us off guard. Um, our guys look out for customers with dementia, elderly customers who are probably not in the state of mind to be making financial decisions for themselves. Right. And so, uh, we have a process that we follow for that. And that process is, we have the guys, um, they'll call into the office so that they can make a note in our field service management software, much like Field Pulse. And um, they will, uh, we can note that in the software that we need to be communicating with somebody, right? And, and typically how that goes is if the guy's picking up uh, that this person might not be in the right state of mind, we'll ask them, you know, hey, do you usually have somebody else help you make decisions like this, you know, a son or a daughter and, you know, nephew or niece or anything like that. And, and they'll, they'll usually say, yeah, you know, usually my daughter or son or whatever. Well, let's go ahead and get them on the phone, you know, and then we'll bring them in and we get it all squared away. And the, for one, the, the, whoever that person is, is floored that we thought to bring them into the conversation, right? They're, they're ecstatic about that. But then we note all of that in our system. And so that way, we can make sure that anytime we go to that customer's house in the future, we can we can see that note and say, okay, if this person can't be making decisions, right? Well, and if that person calls, you automatically know, hey, I need to call this other person in advance and say, hey, yeah, your mother, your father has called, yeah. and we uh, we're going out there on this scheduled date. Do you want to meet us there? Do you want me to call you individually? Right. You know what I mean? And it makes it easier down the road. So if that first, let's be honest, that first conversation may be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's part of it, though. But if if you work through that and you get the sale and they call you again, the next time it's easier mm-hmm. because you already know in advance. Yeah. You have called that person in advance. Yeah. Now it's it becomes a lot easier for you to make a sale not that you're trying to make a sale, but for you to make a sale, not only because you have a one-on-one um, connection with that family, but they trust you automatically yeah. because you did the right thing the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Most cases will pick that up and we don't call... Um, in most cases, we won't call that responsible party... When the person with the dementia or whatever the case may be, when they call in and book a service call, um, most of the time, if that customer calls in and books the call, we'll just go ahead and book the call and everything. It's still noted in our system that all decisions, financial decisions need to be run by this person. Right. So then we'll get out there, look at the issue and everything else. And then we would bring that noted person into the loop. We would say, hey. You know, we're out here at Mrs. Jones' house. Her toilet's got some problems. We need to fix it here. We would call that person and say, you know, hey, here's your options, right? Yeah. In this particular case, um, I, you know, I don't, I'm not totally hip on uh, mental disorders and stuff like that. In this particular case, this lady showed no signs of dementia. She was very much with it. And so none of those there were no triggers to start that process up. And thankfully, uh, the repairs that we did there were fairly minor. The total repairs were like 260 bucks. So really, for you, that's super cheap. Yeah, for, for, for us, for, for plumbing repairs in general, that's a very inexpensive repair. And so um, we got done, and then about an hour later, our phone rang, and, and this lady was pretty hysterical on the other end of the phone, and it's this customer's daughter and she got the notification on her bank app that her mom had spent money. And, um, you know, she she started off really charged and she was like, I didn't authorize any of this and everything else. And meanwhile, like, we're still innocent in this because... Yeah, you're like, what? 
we first didn't off, know. we don't know who you are. We don't know who. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it come to find out whatever disorder this elderly lady has, it's it's like it comes and goes, and it's partial like a memory thing, right? So <clears throat> uh, even though she seemed perfectly cognizant with us, she was very much not cognizant. The email address she gave us went nowhere. The like like weird stuff like that, right? Really? Yeah. And so uh, we got all the account all noted up and everything, and so now we're including the daughter. And now the daughter's like she's ecstatic that we're we we like pulled a 180 and we you know got her on the account, got her email address in there, so she gets the invoices and, and everything. And and we've even noted it in this particular case that we do call her if her mom ever calls to book a service call. We'll right. call her and let her know. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, um, well then literally as we were getting ready to start the show, the plumber that was out there forwarded me a bunch of text messages from the elderly person and here I'll read them. Um, because it is, it is crazy to think, um, that this person is in this position. I feel really bad. The text message says, what repair did you do? You never left me a receipt of what work you did. Whatever you did was under my kitchen sink, but I don't see anything different. Everything looks the same. You didn't give me a receipt of what you did. Text me a receipt, exclamation point. My daughter told me that you charged me $269. She has told me to tell my bank to not pay you since I don't have a receipt and I don't know what you did. Now keep in mind, We've already, hours before this, we've yeah. already talked to her daughter, got everything squared away. But this particular customer is in such a weird state of mind yeah. that they're they're with it one minute and they're not with it the next. And, and Yeah, so, which is, let's be honest, it's sad, right? It is. And we all hope that like our loved ones don't have to go through that. Right. But let's be honest, it's on the rise. Yeah. As we get older... It's going to happen. Like, yeah. it could happen to me. It could happen to Mitch. It could happen to us. You know, you just don't know. <clears throat> what the situation teaches us is to be prepared no matter what. Right. And we try to bring that stuff up on the show because you just don't know mm -hmm. until it happens to you. Right. I mean, another point of why we have the show. I mean, you just... There are things that y you can learn from shows like ours and others that... You know, until you get into business, you may not find out. Like in the 80s, 90s, you literally just had to learn that stuff on your own. Right. Right? right. Now there are, are groups like Apex that you're part of. And, you know, people listen to this show and they, you know, we get information about it all the time. I get messages, oh, hey, thanks, I learned this. Or, you know, I learned that. Or, you know, the information you guys are giving. Share everything that you learn as a business owner, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And just try to be prepared for the unpreparable, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right? That's what we're all trying to do. Yeah. I mean, one of our recent shows, I think it was the last show, we, we had a whole topic on learning how to find the lesson in things, right? Yeah. And so, like, we've, our process that we have for handling customers with dementia that process didn't just happen. Like we didn't get that from anybody. Like right. we built that from years of experience of finding lessons and saying, how can we improve this experience for customers with dementia? And, and not only that, like if you do it right, you improve it for the direct customer that has dementia. You also earn future customers because when you do involve their children in the decision, now their children respect your company highly. So now their children are like, holy cow, this customer called me. Yeah, they're, they're they, actually trying to do the right thing yeah, and they, not trying to swindle her out of a sale that she doesn't need. Yeah, because we've all heard stories about businesses taking advantage of the elderly. Oh, they're on the news all the time. All the time, right? So we're the opposite of that. Like, and, it, and it's really cool. Um, we, we'll, we'll talk about it in tomorrow's team meeting about how all this went down and everything because I've bragged to our guys about how we handled this before. Like, like we... We we have the highest ethics when it comes to handling customers with dementia. It probably cost us lots of money, but um, it's it's I'm able to sleep at night. Our guys are able to sleep at night, and, and it's the that, best way to go. And this isn't so, the way to think of it, but you're making that money back. Oh yeah, on customer referrals. Yeah. So you just have to chalk that up to this is what it costs to be in business if you're going to do it the right way, but. I'm going to gain these customers because of it. Right. We talk about it, especially in the early shows, we talk about it all the time. The best advertisement is the way you carry yourself. Yep. 
you know, the way you treat your customers yep. and what you do for the community. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that is the easiest way for a service-based company to move forward. Yeah. It just is. That's just, it, it, it sounds so simple and it sounds so stupid, but that is what propels your company the easiest. Yeah. Yeah. It makes the it, furthest. it makes it nice and transparent for everybody to be on the same page. Right. So, um, what else you got, man? You, you had mentioned before the show how much you hated the uh, commercialization of Christmas. Oh, makes me so sick. Yeah. Like it just, you know, it, it's gotten to the point where, and not just the commercialization, but it's gotten to the point that by the time Christmas comes around, okay, so we have Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Buy it's, candy. It starts, Buy costumes. It starts right then. And I'm just waiting to get to Thanksgiving, and I love Thanksgiving. And then it's by the time Thanksgiving's over, uh, and we got the tree up, I'm like, man, I wish December was just over. Right. I love giving gifts. Yeah. Like, we've talked about it a little bit before and a lot off the show. Mitch knows. Mm -hmm. I love giving gifts to people. But it has been ruined by the... the being forced to give gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, the commercials on TV, the time off for this and trying to balance schedules with this and the kids programs and the, you you know, you got to show that you've got to be over here for this. And I got to go to 87 church programs for this. It's like all that stuff is just slammed together. And it's like, by the time literally what's today, we're halfway through December, right? Yeah. By the time halfway through December rolls, I've had enough. And yeah. I'm thinking, I either need to be off a week before Christmas so that I can get through Christmas, or it just needs to be over right now. Right. It drives me insane, man. We... I hate it. I hate it. I hate that I hate it. Danielle and I have an interesting philosophy when it comes to Christmas because we we don't do big gifts for each other. Um uh, and it's not like a rule that we don't do it or anything. It's like, if I want something, I just go out and get it. And if she wants something, she just goes out and get it. We don't want too much. Right. Right. Um, but, um, our rule is like, nobody has to get anybody a gift, but it's totally okay to get somebody a gift. If like, you're really, really excited to give the gift. Right. So that takes the gift giving stress off. Um, when it comes to like, you know, all the events, uh, so, you know, you got 17 stops to make for Christmases, right? You got to go over to this family and then that family and then this in-law and then that in-law, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. We we tried hitting all the stops when we were younger. Oh, we, yes, yeah, we used to do. Yeah, and I can remember... And before we had kids, it was easy. Well, even after kids, like I can remember loading kids up in car seats and all the pack and plays and all the bags and all the bottles and just all the everything's, yeah. right? Too much, man. And and you spend more day, more of the day or more of the weekend driving than you do actually enjoying Christmas. And so what we did was we incorporated a like first to find out gets the time type of thing. There's <laughs> there's never organized. We're going there first. Th- yeah. There is there is nobody the rest of you are fucked. <laughs> there is nobody that has priority. It's just the first person to call us and say, hey, Christmas is this time in this place. Cool. We're going there. Yeah. And then the next person, Christmas is this time in this place, and we'll look at the calendar, and if we got it open, we're going. If it's already yeah. booked up, sorry, can't make it. And, and it's just that easy, right? Yeah. And so that's cut down on it a lot. Well, in the in the the family stuff, I don't think bothers me as much as like all the rest of the stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Trying to balance and especially the kids program, trying to and... balance work, you know, I mean, especially in the service industry. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when we had empl- a bunch of employees and stuff, it was tough, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you've got to, you want to give your guys as much time off as you c- can and still keep the company running. And the real problem is society. Right. You know, the I want it now. Right. Right. And so as a service-based company, it's hard to balance that. You want to give your customers everything. Yeah. You want to be able to go out on Christmas Eve at 8 o'clock and help them. Right. You want to, right? You genuinely, like you genuinely want to help them out. But there's a cost for that, right? There's, you're either going, uh, and I'm using Mitch, Mitch as an example here. Mm-hmm. Mitch is either going 
or he has to make one of the guys go. Right. Or if, or he has to, and this even makes me uncomfortable. I have to ask the guys, Hey, which one he wants Christmas Eve, which one he wants Christmas, which one. And I know the way you work is you work all the holidays. Like if it's an emergency, you'll do it so that your guys can be off. That's what you've told me before. Right. Yeah. But still there's, there's Thanksgiving. There's the day after Christmas. There's when do I book calls? Do I start booking calls two days after Christmas, depending on what day it is? I mean, all of that stuff has to come into play for every service-based company. And I know guys that are only a year in or two years in or are in, I shouldn't say owning their own company. Most of them are, you know, management positions. And they'll say to me, hey, you know, I'm going to have to be doing this because I don't want to ask my guys to have to be on call. Right. And it creates a ton of stress during Christmas, especially because you've already had Thanksgiving. Now you've got Christmas. New Year's is the week after. And you're trying to balance all that stuff, take care of everyone. And it just, it becomes a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we stay fairly direct with it. And this, this helps out the way that we're set up. We don't do on call. We don't do weekends. Um, No, you do. You do it. Well, as I do it if the, I want to. The company does it. The the company itself, like as we're hiring plumbers, there is no on-call rotation and there are no forced weekends. Now, if a guy wants extra money, he can work on-call. Yeah. And if a guy wants extra money, he can work weekends, but nobody's required to. So we're never in the position of like, who's covering Christmas Eve? Who's covering Christmas Day? Because the the first and foremost rule is we're closed. If I choose that I want to work that day, and calls come in, well, then I may take them, but it's not even a guaranteed. So, and, and when we close, we close, close, like, like Sundays, we're hard closed. We don't even answer the phone on Sundays. It is message and we'll get back to you Monday morning. Um, and, and if it's an emergency, you will try to call them back. Well, yeah. So I've got a broken water main out front in my yard and I call you on a Sunday. Yeah. We're going to tell you to turn the water off and, like, I can't find my... I, okay, I'm out here in the yard. I can't find my water service. What call, do I do? Call the city. The city will come turn it off. On a Sunday? Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I know Grain Valley will not answer their phones on Sunday. Yeah, they got an emergency line. Do they? Yeah, because they, I mean, they get water main breaks and everything else. So, mm, but I know... I shouldn't say Grain Valley because I'm not on Grain Valley. Yeah. But I don't think they answer on Sundays. But... But ultimately, like we're not going out on a Sunday. That is, that's our day. It's 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 off off, right? Yeah. Um, and we would just tell the customer, turn your water off, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, it's and and part of the reason with that too is, um, you know, like let's talk about like a repair in the middle of the night. Let's say a water line breaks in the middle of the night in a customer's home. There is nothing that's going to happen in the middle of the night that can't happen first thing Monday morning. Oh, no, I agree with that totally. Yeah, like nobody's making good decisions at midnight. Everybody's panicked. Yeah. Whether that water sits there for an hour or eight hours, it's not going to mold. It's not going to cause any more damage. Turn the water off. You're not going to, it's not like you need water between now and 8.30 in the morning anyway. Yeah. Turn water off and we'll get out there in the morning and we'll survey the situation. And we're a lot more capable at 8.30 in the morning than we are at midnight, right? Yeah. So... Um, that's, I mean, that's how we handle all of that stuff. Right. And that's, that's the part that kind of drives me crazy. So like in the heating, cooling world, Mm -hmm. a little bit different heating, cooling. No, I don't think so. I think it should be handled the same way, but no one, no one can logically think of it that way. If someone calls me at 1230 and it's 19 out and their furnace quit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, and I tell them I can't be out till one thirty or one, or I'm not going to be there till three, or I'm not going to be there till there till eight. From twelve thirty to eight, your pipes are not going to freeze and break. Correct. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, and that's what we were kind of talking about it before the show. This mentality of I need help right now, or I'm calling someone else, mm-hmm. is horseshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is kind of the, I need satisfaction now, mm-hmm. you know, the American way now, you know, back in the forties, fifties and sixties, you know, a guy would go down in his basement and work on it for a little bit. And if he couldn't figure it out, he'd wait till eight or nine and then call someone the next day. Yeah. Right. And now we have this whole help me now, help me now 24 seven. This is what we do. This is how it's got to be all the time. Yeah. And we've generated 
uh, what did we talk about? Was it two episodes? We talked about um, you're generating your own stress. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, stress it, is thinking stressful thoughts and then acting on them. There's no actual stress in the world. Right. Yeah. And, and as a business owner, yeah. you know, you're stressed because this guy has called me and you've told him no. You're already stressed before you even told him no, because yeah. you know how the American culture is. Or, right. Or as a business owner, you're stressed because you choose to have an on-call rotation because you think you need it. And now you're stressed for how do I fill the on-call schedule? Right. How do I get... You've doubled down on your own decision. Yeah. Right? Whereas we eliminate all of that by saying there is no on-call. And then when customers call in, like sometimes we don't even answer the phone. Like our phone, our business hours are until five o'clock. A lot of times we'll answer until six or whatever the case may be. But if somebody calls in at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, it goes to voicemail. And then yeah. we'll, we'll listen to the voicemail to like, let's just make sure it's not our customer and it's not the water heater we just installed that's leaking or something like that, right? Yeah. If it's somebody who's calling in with what they feel is an urgent situation, then we just handle it case by case. Yeah. Um, but it, it it really narrows down the the types of, of customers you get. And, and I mean, I can think of a couple of instances where we had customers where it's like, I got to call somebody else. I can't deal with this. Okay. That's fine. Right? right. Still not worth that. Like here, here's the, here's the, or here's the end all be all with why we do things the way we do. We want the highest caliber, top quality plumbers that you can get. We want the most experienced plumbers you can get. Okay. Um, why do most plumbers quit their jobs? Because they're on call at twelve. Because they're on call at twelve thirty, yeah. and they're having to miss their kids' musical, and they're having to miss their kids' ball game, right? And, and they're having to miss date night, and they're having to miss their, you know, downtime on their own time, right? right. It, there is not a single technician out there that has not contemplated quitting their job while running calls in the middle of the night, while the owner of that company is hanging out with his family at his kid's musical, at his kid's ball game, right. at his alone time, right? Yeah. And so on-call costs you more plumbers than anything else, okay? Well, a plumber can run 15 to 20 service calls a week. A non-plumber, like an, an empty spot in my uh, uh, staff of plumbers, can run me zero calls a week. So am I, if, if let's say I lost one customer a week because I didn't have on call, look at all the calls I get each week because I have the plumbers on staff to run all those calls. So, so many businesses make the decision that I got to have on call because there's that one customer that might need me. Well, how many technicians is it costing you to run the one call? And now you're putting yourself in a, in a position where you're allowing that one customer to determine the course of your business. Right. We choose the course of our business. We choose our hours. We choose the experience our plumbers get. And so we choose to not run on call, not run after hours, keep the culture high, keep the family work-life balance at a, at a very admirable level. So our guys don't want to quit because we aren't working them to death. Yeah. And that's, that's a mentality thing, yeah. right? This is the mentality that I'm going to have. This is how we are going to do things. I have a great example of this. When I was probably 25, 26, and I was working in Warrensburg, okay? When Air Design went down there and we were, me and Travis and Scott were running this company or started this company, okay? We hired a salesman. His name was Tommy he was awesome. Okay. He didn't know shit about heating and cooling, but he could sell and he knew everybody in Warrensburg. Well, he was trying to get, um, a big contract. There were two, I won't say who they are. There were, there was a dealer down there who had a Dodge and a, I think it was a Chrysler dealership. Anyways, he's trying to get this guy's work on that and his house and this and blah, blah, blah. Well, I was on call a Friday night. It was either a Friday night or a Saturday night. And no, it was a Sunday night. And he calls at like, 1230 at night or something. I don't, I don't even remember. It, it was late. Like I was asleep. Phones on vibrate. I didn't care. He calls, leaves a message. Hey, my furnace is out, blah, blah, blah. The guy he was trying to get. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, oh, my furnace is out, blah, blah, blah. I don't hear it. He calls again. I don't know. An hour later. Hey, this is blah, blah. I just didn't know if you got it. Then Tommy, he obviously calls Tommy, the salesman. The salesman calls me. As Tommy, blah, 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 this guy needs somebody out there, blah, 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 this and that and that. 
Tommy calls again. Like, I mean, this is like between 12 and three, I get like six phone calls. Okay. So I wake up at, on Monday at, I don't remember, six, six 30, something like that. I hear all these immediately. I am panic stricken, right? Like, Oh, he's trying to get this sale and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I call the guy and he's like, Oh, you know, I called so-and-so blah. They're going to be out here in like an hour. Right. So Travis picks me up. I tell him what happens. He goes, dude, who cares? I would have told him we were going to be out the next morning. Like I'm freaking out about it, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, I don't think anything of it. I get to the office. I tell Scott, Hey man, this happened. I know Tommy's going to be pissed. This is going to be happen. You know, this and that. And I, you know, like I'm frantic. He goes, who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah. He's got, I, he, Scott knew that. He goes, he goes, the guy had two furnaces. Yeah. Like his house is, is warm. You would have just called him back in the morning, which you did. Right. I said, yeah, yeah. I called him back. He couldn't wait. I said, well, no, he could wait because, you know, he called this other company and they're not going to be there till late. Yeah. Tommy comes in. Hey, man, didn't you? Blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, and they're not going to be there till late. Oh, you know, he's thinking I'm going to go out there. This whole time I am completely panicked. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I realize how not important it is that I'm out there at one in the morning. Everyone else is telling me yeah. that I shouldn't be panicked and I am completely panicked. Yeah. And like all of a sudden the lights are on and I'm like, oh. I have com- learned a complete new lesson about how I should be handling myself well, when I'm on call. Yeah, it's, you know? it's no different than when you decide, like, like, take this out of the service industry and put it into a commodities industry, right? It's no different than when you decide, like, I need new tires for my car. Well, just because you made that decision at 7 p.m. on a weeknight doesn't mean that stores yeah. need to be open at 7 p.m. for you to go get new tires. Like, they have hours of operation, and you have to abide by those hours of operation, right? Right. And it doesn't, like, let's say you get a flat tire on your car, and you're on the side of the road. Now you don't have, it's not like you're. this is a planned thing, right? Well, what do you do? You, you either put on your spare, or you get your car towed to the shop, and then they drop you off at your house, and you deal with it all tomorrow. Right. Like, that. that just... That's just how things work, right? And we, and there are still some customers and there are still some companies that think that I need this fixed right away. And you really don't. Like, no, you can make it six, eight hours yeah. or 12. You'll yeah. be fine. You, you the literally go, not gonna end. Most, play, most people go eight hours without water all the time anyway. Like, yeah, they have water service in their home, but if you go to bed at 10 and you wake up at six, yeah, let's say you, you, know, didn't, you didn't need, need water, water. Yeah. right? Like you can make it work. Yeah, you can go to the neighbors and borrow water if you have to. I mean, like, yeah. there's there's plenty of options there. Yeah, and and so. when I was coming up, that's why it was a big hurdle for me initially. Like when I was coming up, oh, heating, cooling, someone called, you got to be there right then. Yeah, and then you had to, you, you know, you get a little older and you realize, you know what, they're right. Their pipes aren't going to freeze in six hours. Well, it's no, we don't live in we don't live in Wisconsin or Canada where, and you know what. In Wisconsin and Canada, they know how to heat the house because they realize how important it is. Yeah. They can go fix it or they can start a fire or they can do whatever. Yeah. And that's just my one small example of my own mental hurdle Mm -hmm. that I had to get over and realize, okay, I'm in control of the situation. Yeah. I don't have to let the situation control what I'm doing all the time. Yeah. I mean, in that case there, it's no different than a power outage, right? Yeah, exactly. The the power goes out. You know, it's going to take them six, eight hours to restore power right. or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, you just have to figure it out. Yeah. It's just part of it. So We'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's just, well, kiss my fucking ass because I'm not coming out. It's 2.30 and, and I've been drinking. And let's, <laughs> you yeah. Know, who knows? Let's, yeah. Who knows? Let's be honest. So, like, I had I had a customer um, last, uh, last, last weekend. It was Friday night. Um uh, it came across like a local Facebook community group. Somebody went to a community group and said, Hey, I need a plumber. I have an emergency. We got tagged. Like I got tagged and our company got tagged like 12 times out of the 20 comments that were on there. And so I'm like, I told Danielle, I'm like, our phone's getting ready to ring. And sure enough, ring, ring, ring. It rings. I let it go to voicemail cause it's late. Yeah. Right? And then I listened to the voicemail. He's like, Oh, I got an emergency. I need you. I got a toilet. that's not working and blah, blah, blah. So then the guy t- starts text messaging in, right? And and he's text messaging the company. Well, I went ahead and like responded to the text messages. It's his third toilet in the house. It's not working. He has the water shut off to it. And in his mind, 
he needs that toilet fixed right now. Yeah, because he's crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> just just clarifying, you have two other toilets in the house that are working fine? Yeah, but this one's not, and I need it fixed now. Yeah, our first availability is going to be on Monday, man. And it's Friday night, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm like pushing them all the way through the weekend and telling them we can get out there Monday. Well, I can't wait that long. I need to fix now. Call somebody well, else, then, bro. Yeah, I hate to you know, send you away, but you might have to call somebody else because our first availability is going to be on Monday. And those those are the prime examples. Like, yeah. not I mean, every, every customer gets to choose what they call as an emergency or not. I get that. Like, that might be an emergency to him. I don't know. However... It's not worth risking the employment of one of our guys to go push them out into an on-call position so somebody's third toilet in their house can get fixed. Right. So that's that's how we handle the whole on-call thing. Um, and that's how we handle – like you, you have enough stress with the commercialization of Christmas and everything else going on, a surefire way to lose a plumber or lose a service tech or lose an employee is – to force them into on-call on top of everything else. So, yeah. Um, I take it a step further, too. Like, it's maybe kind of extreme, but it's from a book about, like, overthinking. And, like, for me, like, I'll literally even shut off, like, parts of my brain. Like, once five hits, it's, like, focus on family. Like, once seven, eight, nine hits, it's, like, any decisions or things that come up that are involve, like, money or or anything like that is they just don't they just get on the back burner until the next day right right because if you don't like it just then you're up worrying about a a bill or something that needs to be paid and it's like two o'clock in the morning it's like anything after five is just next day for me it was it was just here recently you and i had been had a conversation going through text about a thumbnail for a youtube video or something and you know Austin and I follow the PC rules like Austin. I have what I call my PC rules for communication where it's like texts are non and urgent. Like if I sent you a text, you can get back to me whenever. Yeah. If it was urgent, I would have called type of right. thing. Right. I mean, and so, yeah, that's how I am too. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I was texting Austin about something and he would text me back and then there would be a little delay and I'd text him back and then there'd be a little delay and he'd text me back. Well, we finally kind of got to the objective of what we were texting back and forth about and and I look at it and I'm I mean it was like 5:45 or six or something like that, and so he responded back and I'm like yeah but it's it's after working hours like this is now a tomorrow mm-hmm. problem like we're we're <laughs> yeah. not texting about work after hours yeah we're in like, tomorrow we're if, tomorrow if, problem if Austin and I do ever text about work after hours it's more about like the the personal enjoyment side of work like mm-hmm. there might be work topics being discussed but it's not work work yeah. it's like. Oh, look at this video. It's kind of interesting how they did this type of thing. It's not like, hey, here's the plan for tomorrow. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Have, to be, so. I have to be very careful about that because sometimes I will get, well, I get excited a lot of times about work since like I do what I love for a living that sometimes if I focus on it too much, I spent the whole weekend thinking about it and then I get burnt out. Even yeah. though I was enjoying it, I'm like, oh, I should have taken that time to like to relax and do not something else. Yeah, and so it's like, it's, you know, good intention, but that's, I have a tendency to like take something and chew on it mentally and chew on it, even if I get excited about it, you know? So. Yeah, I do yep. the same thing. Yep. So that is about all we had for this show. I think so too. So guys, if you saw value in this show, if this show taught you something, if it made you think of things in a different perspective, please do us a favor and share this show with somebody else who you think would benefit from it. So until next time, guys, we will see you later. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.